Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Catherine Marino and Gail Zalitsky. Hello, I'm Catherine. And I am Gail, and we are delighted to welcome you to today's episode of Women Over 70. As you know by now, our signature is featuring women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who are leading lives that illustrate inspiring ways to continue to learn, contribute, and make a difference as we age. The 30-minute conversation with our guest is not scripted or rehearsed although we will focus on several themes that we've agreed upon in advance. Today, we are thrilled to introduce you to Dr. Carolyn Torkelson, MD, whose vision, wisdom, we know will prompt all of us to reimagine aging. At age 70, Dr. Torkelson continues her full-time practice in women's health with particular emphasis on integrative health. Carolyn is a leader in holistic medicine, Her trajectory has been a pain specialist, a nurse, a midwife, and for the past 30 years, a primary care physician. Carolyn's frank and informative perspectives on health and well-being of postmenopausal women will encourage and inspire us to be healthy in all ways. Carolyn, welcome to Women Over 70. We are so excited to have you on our show. Carolyn, you and I met many years ago when we were undergraduate at the University of Minnesota. You were a history major. We would love to know how you... (laughs) How did you get from history to this? Well, you know, it it is kind of a convoluted story and circuitous in a way, but I was a child of the 60s. So when I left a small town in rural Minnesota, you know, I just was curious and adventurous. And when I went off and got a liberal arts history major... It was because that's what I was interested in. But obviously, when you get out of school, you don't have any skills to get a job. So I decided I had a real interest in wellness and just kind of intuitively liked nutrition, self-care, exercise, how one stays well. And so I went into nursing school. And from there, from nursing school to nurse practitioner, I eventually said, boy, this idea of healthcare really captures me. I need to become a physician so that I can work more closely with individuals. And when did you start medical school? I started medical school when I was 35 years old. 35 years old. And if I remember correctly, one weekend you graduated from medical school and another, the second weekend you had your baby or it was the other way around. Actually, what happened was I went through medical school, and then as I went into my residency, Mm. I had my daughter two weeks before I started my residency. (laughs) You're an overachiever, for sure. (laughs) I think I recall a lot of sleep deprivation for you in those days. So what did you do out of uh, residency then? Where did you go? So once I completed a family practice uh, residency, family medicine residency, I went into a smaller town where I could do full spectrum family practice, did a lot of women's health care and did a lot of deliveries. And that really was very fulfilling, but also 
with a family and it was very time consuming. So from there, after a number of years in private practice doing full spectrum family medicine, I went back to the University of Minnesota for a research fellowship. Mm -hmm. and, and that was in clinical research? Clinical research. My hope was to, to look at how we could integrate integrative medicine into conventional medicine. I believe that if I could start doing research about some botanicals or about nutrition or about probiotics, and that was kind of my interest at the time, that if I really did these studies, I could move that information into conventional medicine. And how did that work? I mean, how did that well, work out for you? Well, what you realize is that most people in conventional medicine are either researchers or clinical practitioners. So to do both is very challenging. Mm -hmm. And eventually, even though I do still do some writing and am involved in research, my practice is clinical. And your practice for the last number of years has been with women? Completely, yes. And can you just tell us a little bit about the, the women patients, clients mm -hmm. that you see? Well, women who choose to come and see me are kind of... Uh, uh, the profile is pretty wide, but in general, uh, one would choose to come to see me if they're looking for a primary care physician who kind of can bridge the gap between conventional medicine and healing modalities. So it's many women who are very engaged in their health, and they just want a practitioner that can really speak to them in both, in both arenas. You know, um, Carolyn, after I had breast cancer... Mm -hmm. I decided that I needed to find a practitioner who could treat the whole me mm -hmm. and help me understand how to manage my health moving forward. And so I did go to an integrative health specialist. And, you know, it was very interesting because they conducted blood tests. They They tried to find out you know, what the best course of, of eating was for me and, and gave me an exercise program. And, and I thought, you know, I just don't get that from my regular physician who is certainly very well-meaning and all. And so, uh, you know, what, why would a woman decide to go to see you and, and how would that be different for her from the experience she has now? Uh, within the realm of primary care, it is challenging to also expand into integrative medicine because it takes some time, it takes additional education, and it takes a passion to want to do that. So someone would choose to come, I think, to me because I engage in that conversation. It may be that I am going to talk to you. Uh, I might see a woman who has breast cancer. I do a lot of consults in that regard. So someone would say, I want an integrative medicine practitioner and I've just had breast cancer and I want to talk about uh, healthful ways to approach this. Now, people come to me because I'm in the healthcare system and it's covered by their insurance. <laughs> That's the key right there. And so often I see these people and I see, you know, I can walk with you in certain dimensions of nutrition and exercise, but if you really want to get into functional medicine, a lot of botanical medicine, I'm going to send you outside the system to either a naturopath, 
a functional medicine physician, an integrative medicine doctor, and they all have areas of expertise. That's out of pocket mm-hmm. for the most part. And right, and that's exactly what happened to me is that the practitioner I went to see was out of pocket. And so I didn't stay. You're exactly right. We have gotten used to not paying much for our health care. Mm-hmm. We say, this is about us. And we pay for our car <laughs> to be serviced. But we don't always want to pay for ourselves to be serviced. Now, we're already paying for our health insurance. So there is an expectation that much of it should be covered. But I do think currently, if you want to see an integrative practitioner, there are a few exceptions like myself who stay within the system Mm -hmm. and still give you a broader picture of whole systems healing. But for the most part, you're going outside of the system to get your care. Mm -hmm. Wow. I was going to ask you, Carolyn, you've been involved with the integrative approach for decades now. So I think you're one of the pioneers. And I'm wondering what it's like to move through that, um, can that movement, the alternative healthcare movement or integrative healthcare movement, and who's joined you in that, in that journey? And what has that been like? Well, initially, there are, you know, 30 years, 40 years ago, there was so much resistance by the conventional medicine mm-hmm. practitioners that if you were working within the system, you would, sometimes you would be just permitted to be there as long as you weren't too antagonistic and too, you know, unconventional, unconventional, yeah. that you were accepted. Things have changed. There is so much more belief, even within the conventional system, about self-care, about exercise, about better food. And the younger people who are growing up are bringing this naturally Mm -hmm. into the system. Mm -hmm. Therefore, their expectation is that they want their physician to have some knowledge in this. Mm -hmm. That's frustrating Mm -hmm. to them. Yes. And what are how are you helping other primary care providers learn more about? So I'm at the University of Minnesota and live in Minnesota. So Minnesota has been a nidus of integrative medicine. We have a couple leaders there who have been powerful for many, many years. So I am a co-chair of the Minnesota Holistic Medicine Medical Group. And we have about 800 participants in our network. Now, these are not just physicians. About 200 of them are physicians, but they're physicians, nurse practitioners, nurses, anybody who's doing kind of clinical medicine. Mm -hmm. So it could be even massage therapists if they're doing clinical medicine. It could be energy healers, naturopaths, Mm -hmm. and chiropractors. It's quite a wide range. It is a real wide range, but something about Minnesota, we have been really inclusive about trying to bring the awareness of holistic Mm health care just broadly through Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Carolyn, tell us about the project that you're working on now, your your next adventure. My next adventure is that I've just been given a faculty leave in order to do some writing. Over the last years, I've been collecting stories of women, and most of these women are postmenopausal women and uh, women, you know, beyond the reproductive years. 
And, you know, we know that women from the age of 50 have 30 to 40 more years to flourish and be as healthy as they possibly can be. So I am wanting to take some of these stories and look at how to, to tell these stories and then look at different integrative modalities that might actually address some of these issues that women are looking at. For example, a woman that might be coming in with a lot of anxiety, that would be one of the chapters. I would tell her story and then look at different integrative approaches to that healing process. We've talked a little bit about some of the gaps that women experience between the conventional medicine and other approaches between what it means to be out of their reproductive years. Can you identify at least a few of those gaps? Well, one of the biggest gaps I see, and that's directed to my practice, is just the gap between conventional medicine and integrative medicine or healing modalities. That is, you know, just a a gap that I I can't ever explain it, but women who come in, believe that their practitioner should know about all these other Mm -hmm. modalities Mm -hmm. and they simply don't and they get very discouraged and almost angry and irritated with their primary care doctor and I think that's a gap that I want to talk about. Gail did you? Yeah one of the one of the things that um, we're trying to accomplish with this podcast is to help women over 70 be aware of what they can expect and and how they can face it you know so and and try to bring up some of these issues that we know they're they're going to to encounter and anxiety of course is is definitely one of them what can you can you tell us about anything else that we should be uh, aware of as we age one of the biggest things is that I want women to be aware that there are many choices and that they have many opportunities to begin to shift to as healthy life as they choose. And I just don't think women talk about this or they prepare for it. And that is one of the first steps that I'm looking at. For example, one of the things Catherine and I are working with is as as a practitioner, I can talk to a woman and speak to a patient, but if I don't understand how that woman learns, I can try and explain what I'm saying, but if I don't understand her learning style, she's probably not going to shift. So one of the things we're trying to get at in the book is women's way of knowing, women's way of learning. And just broadening that gap for women or closing that gap for women, that if they can understand how they learn, they can understand how they can shift. And I think part of that understanding themselves as learners is then being able to be a fuller partner in their health care. So that rather than going to their primary physician, to you, Carolyn, and saying, tell me what to do, they're coming with questions, with possibilities and exploring together. I know with my own primary caregiver, whom I adore, but you know, she said, well, if you want to try acupuncture, it's not going to hurt you. you know, Maybe you'd need a little <laughs> bit more support than that. That would be, would be helpful. <laughs> so off I go to acupuncture and pay out of pocket. And well, actually acupuncture is now covered, isn't it? Yeah. One of, one of, the, one of those. 
So who is this for? May I, yeah, may I just back up for a moment here? So you mentioned a book. Tell me, tell me more about this book. Well, we believe that the title of the book is called The Other Side of Menopause. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's going to be capturing that time for women, you know, well into their 90s. This can pertain to people. And so, again, I think the purpose of the book for me is to normalize women's stories. And from those stories, look at how we can approach it in a very whole systems approach, a whole body approach. And that approach is going to be absolutely individualized for any particular person. But if you don't know what your options are, if you don't know other ways that you can begin to heal, then you are just going to stay stuck. And a lot of the women that I see will tell me they feel stuck. Yeah, we know that ageism is rampant in our in our mm -hmm. society. And that that women themselves, I've talked to so many women, myself included, who go through a period where we are our own worst enemies, where we are allowing our age to to interpret for us the things that we can do. And so I'm 77. I, I presume you are in your 70s, Carolyn, no. is that correct? Just barely okay all right so you can help us look at this you know so so those things that we thought we knew that we that seemed the way we should be suddenly change our perspective changes and we think well i shouldn't be doing that i'm in great big huge quotation marks old and so Happily, I overcame that and, and am just uh, continuing right on doing what I've always done. But there are many, many women who can't seem to get beyond that. Do you have any words for them? While Carolyn is thinking about that, I just want to add, uh, in terms of the book, that the chapters that she's conceptualized thus far are about things like anxiety, about bone health, about weight, about but the sexual more, health. Se yeah. So where I, what I was taking this is that many of the works I read about aging talk about everything except sexual health, and I think that is mm -hmm. where Carolyn is is also breaking the mold because there's going to be a very healthy chapter on that. Nice. It's really important, right? It's very important. Life doesn't end just because you become 70 years old. Sexual life does not end. I'd love to hear more about that, please. I don't know if we want to take this opportunity to talk about uh, sexual health, but I think it's a chapter and, and it is on uh, women's agenda. We hear it much more in presentations uh, and conferences that I'm going to about sexual health and the, in the mature woman and the different things that we can do about for sexual health. And it's bringing it into the conversation with your primary caregiver, or uh, I have conversations with my, with my acupuncturist about um, not just my sexual health, but his conversations with women and their concerns and, and what he can do to try to help them feel 
freer, be whatever mm-hmm. he can do to, to support them. Um, so I, I, um, I'm looking at the time and I did want to ask Carolyn about, for you, Carolyn, yes, you're, you're continuing to practice full time. You're writing this book, which is going to be a major contribution. And then what, what, what else are you thinking about as you enter your seventies? Mm-hmm. So let me just respond a little bit to what Gail's saying about women and making shifts and changes and being unstuck. And, and that is, uh, I've been a clinical practitioner for a long period of time. I have not been a writer. This is a completely mm-hmm. new adventure. This is really scary. <laughs> this does not feel comfortable much of the time. <laughs> Welcome to right. our podcast. Stepping <laughs> into New Brunswick, you, tell, you say to me, oh, what do you tell women or what do you advise women? I just, from the heart, say, yes, this is really scary. And you can choose not to make a shift or you can choose not to take a step. But let's try taking one because mm-hmm. it is freeing. And it's you're getting your creative juices going and it's exciting. So get some support around that. That And that, for me, has been really helpful. Having Catherine with me, uh, supporting me in the writing process. And with that then comes, so where do I go from here? Do I shift from a practitioner to doing more writing? Do I continue to do both? And because I am 70 and still working as a practitioner, I have to be honest with myself and say, can I continue the art and the science Mm -hmm. of healing, the art and the science of medicine? Can I continue to be up to date in in the medical practice that is so important? and critical to offering both to my patients. And I think that's a question that many of us have, whatever field we're in and the work that we want to continue to do. How do I stay current? How do I contribute? What do I have to offer? And then what about me? Is this something that's still fulfilling for me? Is that joy of medicine still there? And as I go back in after my faculty leave, I think it'll be more telling. And we, uh, we may uh, ask you to come back. Thank you. Yes, we definitely may ask you to come you know, back. Any last and, questions or comments? Well, Carolyn, if anyone wants to find out more about your work, how would they do that? Well, from a practitioner perspective, I mean, if they, are you asking me, if, how can they find out about the book that I'm writing? How can they find out more about how to, uh, maybe they want to have a consult with you. Maybe they want to come see you. You know, how, how, do, they, how do they find out about you? Are, you? are you online? Are you, you know, what, what might be a way for them to, to learn more about so you? So I'm really very easy to find. I'm at the University of Minnesota at Women's Health Specialists. I still take new patients. I do have a limit to that, but you can see me as a consult or as a primary care physician. And all you need to do is called M Health at the University of Minnesota, and I am a practitioner there. Do you ever talk with people who are not in Minnesota, who don't have uh, direct access to you? I have not been doing telephone mm-hmm. uh, consults. Mm-hmm. That's something that we haven't done at the university. Mm-hmm. It's certainly feasible, and many integrative physicians do mm-hmm. that. It is really about a payment system that is, yeah. is the obstacle. Right. 
Right. <laughs> That's another topic for another time, for sure. Any other comments or questions, Gail? Uh, no, just that I'm finding your approach very interesting, Carolyn, very interesting. And uh, I know that that there are others listening who who will have questions about this. And so hopefully we can send you those questions if anyone wants to tell us what they are. And uh, perhaps on our Facebook community, we'll be able to share some of that. Certainly when our book comes out, The Other Side of Menopause, that would be great. Yes. And, and that would be a great time to bring you back so that you could talk more about that. Well, good luck with it. Thank you, Carolyn. We've been talking with Dr. Carolyn Turkelson. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myth that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.